when I came back and decided to open my office, it was in 2009, of course, the height of the recession. If you ask anybody, it was the worst time to open a practice, but I didn't know any better. I didn't know what I didn't know. So I might as well get out there and get working, you know? And one of the things that I did right at the beginning was I decided to go door to door and simply meet people in the community. Hello and welcome to the Small Business School. My name is Craig Staley, 20-year retail veteran, e-commerce practitioner, and entrepreneur. Each week, I will interview a new small business owner that we can learn from to take our businesses to the next level. Now, let's go. Imagine if you walked into a business and asked the owner, how much are your services? And they replied, whatever you can afford. Likely that would be the first time you'd ever heard that, right? Well, if you ever walk into Rhett Ruley's chiropractic clinic, that's exactly the experience you'll have. He allows his customers to pay based on what they can afford, and that is how he's run his business for over 10 years. That story and a lot more in today's show. Without further ado, Rhett Ruley. All right. I'd like to welcome my next guest. It is Rhett Ruley of Ruley Family Chiropractic. How are you doing today, Rhett? Really good. How about you? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us tonight. Can you give the listeners a little bit of your personal background? Sure. Obviously, I could go way back, but I thought it might make the most sense just to start a little more recent. I am married. been married for about seven years. We have got three kids, one five-year-old and then twins that are one. And so our hands are quite a bit right now a little yeah. bit busy <laughs> are they and really i assume they're walking and running around at this point one of them is we've got a boy and a girl as far as the twins go and yeah. the boy is is walking around everywhere pretty proud of himself and the little girl will walk around but she still needs to be holding on to something so that's fine the, that's the, okay the longer <laughs> they're immobile the better <laughs> that's exactly it <laughs> oh sorry go on i interrupted you there were you with your background oh no you you're just fine. Only other thing I was going to mention is really I've only had one true job and that's of course being a chiropractor. So I don't have a whole lot else to add as far as the background goes, you know, from that perspective. Awesome. So give us a little bit of background on your business. I mean, what originally motivated you in to becoming a chiropractor? So I've seen chiropractors my entire life. My first adjustment was when I was three months old. I was a really colicky kid, meaning whatever my parents did, I couldn't quit crying. And finally, at their wit's end, my mom had heard the chiropractor could help. So she took me to her chiropractor and a couple visits, and it helped quite a bit. And I went to a chiropractor, either that one or different ones in the area, pretty regularly for the majority of my life. And I was always amazed you know, by what they could do just by adjusting the spine. It was really, really cool to me. And so when it came time to choose a profession, it was really, really simple. I just wanted to be a chiropractor. So did you know that in high school or even earlier than that? I knew that back earliest memories I can have about knowing what I wanted to do was actually back in junior high. I knew for sure at that point that I wanted to, and it just became more and more strong as I moved on, really. That's cool. You know, talking to you earlier, I mean, you run a different type of doctor's office, a different type of chiropractor office. Can you explain what kind of differentiates 
you from maybe other offices that people have been in? Sure. The, obviously, the easy answers are the honor fee system and the walk-in hours. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, which are many people, <laughs> what the honor fee system means is that you pay according to your means for your chiropractic care. So after the first visit, you determine a fee that is reasonable for you to pay for your chiropractic, and that's exactly how much you pay. Not a penny less than you can afford, but not a penny more either. That way, chiropractic care is always reasonably priced for you. Let's face it, what Craig could afford versus what Rhett could afford versus what anybody else out there could afford is going to be different. Everybody's at a different point in their life, and I want everyone to be able to have chiropractic care. That's why I run my office using that fee system. The second part to that, of course, is the walk-in hours that I mentioned, and that makes it easy to fit into your day. Most places you need to plan your day around when your visit to the chiropractor is or when your dentist appointment is or whatever it may be. Whereas with walk-in hours, you simply walk in at a time that's convenient for you. I'm open a little bit later in the evening, making it easier so you don't have to take time out of your day and that way you can get the care on your time. Those are the, the two go-to answers. But at the end of the day, the biggest thing that sets the office apart, I'd say, is really the relationships. I've got a much different approach in terms of relationships between myself and the people that come to my office than what many other doctor's offices, regardless of the type, do. I view them as friends and I enjoy my friends. You know, They enjoy coming in, visiting, getting their spine checked, and they look forward to their next visit. It's, uh, it's a lot more laid back atmosphere and it works for the people that come in. And at the end of the day, those are the people I care about. That's awesome. Now, I mean, the, the walk-in hours, I can, I can visualize that. That's easy to understand. I don't understand. It seems like it counterintuitive to run a business where there's not a set rate or a certain charge. And, you know, you think that there would be, I mean, just right off the bat, I would think there would be some difficulty with that. How do you navigate the customer through deciding what the right amount to pay is? So truly the right amount is a fee that they can afford on an ongoing basis. I do like to see people, I'm sure we'll get into this in a little while. I like to see people on a consistent basis Mm -hmm. because really that's what's best for them and their health. Whatever fee they feel they can afford on a regular basis is the right fee for them. That fee, of course, can fluctuate as life happens and it does to everybody. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've got a fee that's at this amount that you would like to pay and you do pay. But after a little while, you've got a car repair come up. You've got a loss of a job. You have to decrease your fee for a period. Mm -hmm. That's okay. At the same time, when you get a promotion, you can increase your fee. So it's a flexible fee that can change as life happens. And of course, if anybody ever has more questions about how to pick a fee, we'll sit down and we'll talk about things to figure it out. Because the last thing I want is for somebody who makes a low salary to think that they need to pay up here. And of course, vice versa as well. So when you started your your clinic or your practice, is that how you started out or did you transfer to that system down the road? That's how I started out. When I was going through chiropractic school, actually back up for a second, when I entered chiropractic school, I didn't think there was any other way to run a chiropractic practice other than to wear a shirt and tie, accept every insurance under the sun and pretty much run it like most offices I'd been in in the past. About halfway through chiropractic school, I found out that there were many different styles to offices, and this was one that really spoke to me. This honor fee style that had a walk-in appointment basis and really could help all sorts of different people from all walks of life. That 
resonated with me and made sense. And so about partway through school, about two years in, that's when I realized that, you know, that's the route I want to go and started to lay the foundation. for that. That's interesting. Talk about patient care. What's some of the, the most common reasons that you have patients that come to your office? So there's a variety of reasons people seek chiropractic care. And you're probably very, very familiar with my I know mm-hmm. from us visiting for a little while. Neck pain, back pain, headaches are things that people commonly will seek chiropractic care for. I take a little bit different approach. I really specialize and really focus on what's called chiropractic maintenance care. What that means is people come in on a regular basis to make sure their spine is functioning as well as possible. When people come in on a more regular basis, it keeps things working better. And as a result, they tend to get better results at the end of the day. Really, it's a lot closer to how a gym runs or how you take care of your own body with eating nutritious meals than what most people would consider traditional chiropractic or even traditional medical care, how most people practice it. In my office, People don't come in just if they're in a rough patch, you know, if they've got a neck pain, a back pain, something like that going on. They come in frequently so that they can live their lives as fully as possible. Interesting. I think I've told you before, I've seen a chiropractor, I would say maybe 15 to 20 times in my life, starting probably around high school age. I would, you know, have a sports injury or working on the farm or something like that where it caused back pain. And, you know, I'd get adjusted maybe a couple times and, you know, I'd be good. So I'm a pretty big believer in, in chiropractic care and, you know, it's, it's worked for me successfully, but, you know, I know there are people that, that don't believe that chiropractors are legitimate or it's some sort of, you know, witchcraft or whatever you want to say. What would you say to people who maybe aren't believers? No, that's the funny thing in a way about chiropractic, about medicine, or really about any science it doesn't require belief for it to be true. <laughs> you know, If you have high blood pressure and your medical doctor says, take this blood pressure medication, it has a reasonable chance to lower your blood pressure, regardless of if you think it will or not. If you know, I take this pen and I drop this pen, I don't care if you believe it or not, it's going to drain. No, that's gravity. <laughs> the same thing's true with chiropractic. It does not require a belief to work. If your spine is in the right spot, your body's going to work how it should. Is everybody going to get the same results? Absolutely not. You know, everybody's a different individual. Your body's been through different things than mine has. Your wife's has been different, been through different things than yours has. Everybody's at a different point with the wear and tear they've placed on their body and the lives they've led. So your results are going to be a little bit different. Just like back to that blood pressure example, if you and I both took a blood pressure pill, one of us might have our blood, blood pressure lower. Another one might have no effect at all. It might be the wrong medication for us. So just like there's not one medication for everybody, chiropractic results can, of course, vary, but everybody gets a result. What that is just changes person to person to a degree. Just changing uh, gears here a little bit. What what tools have you found helpful in your business? You know, whether that's marketing tools or maybe different point of sale systems and different things that you've used in your business successfully. Yeah. So... When I first started, I wanted to make an office that I would go to and that I would go to, obviously, on a regular basis. You know, shortly after I moved to town, I actually started going to, not shortly after I moved to town, I guess, just a couple of years ago after I got married, I started going to a CrossFit gym that was about an hour away from where I lived. In order to make it all work, I would need to go to the 5 a.m. class 
which meant that I would have to wake up in the morning at 5.30, or excuse me, 3.30 a.m. On paper, that works fantastic. (laughs) But when you get a few weeks or a few months in and the lack of sleep starts catching up to you, it doesn't work nearly as well. I like the program, I like the price, but the time just didn't work with me and didn't fit into my day. So by me changing my hours to something that works for everybody, that was one of the first steps to make it easy on people. And that leads right into the tools to make it even easier for people. One of them, of course, is the check-in software that I use. I couldn't find anything out there that would work for me for what I was seeking. So I actually hired a developer to develop software strictly for the check-in system. That took a lot off of my plate and it makes it a whole lot easier, especially since it's a walk-in basis for people to know where they're at in that line. During busier periods, you know, there's a waiting room that starts to fill up and people know exactly when they're up because I can see their names popping on the check-in software and call them back to a room pretty easily. Another thing that was a game changer for me was when I got my website revamped, and I know you can appreciate this for sure, and added online scheduling for the first visit. People don't need to schedule, but it's an option for them if they would like. So that took a whole lot off of my plate from even an answering the phone standpoint. I was able to simply focus on adjusting people and people were able to either walk in because they saw info on the website or schedule from the website for that first visit. And I'm sure people who aren't familiar with your office and don't understand that you can just walk in, it feels weird to to just show up and how long am I going to have to wait and all that stuff. So that's probably smart to to have that available for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really worked out pretty well for folks. That's for sure. Another thing that I know has made it a ton easier when Facebook switched over their algorithm isn't even the right term, but their, their backend for the business owners to add in the scheduling software. That made it so much simpler to schedule. I typically do about a week ahead of time of posts so that I can be consistent there because that has been a, an okay driver of people to the office as well. And then something offline has been as simple as lights outside the adjusting room so that people know if they're in use or not in use. One of the most simple analog things, a, a light bulb tells people to stop and go back to the waiting room and they see that, they do that, and it it makes it so that people aren't walking in on other people's adjustments. <laughs> so that's kind of nice as well. So normally the way it works in your office is you come in, if no one's waiting, you find a room and go in that room. Yep. So you walk in, you check in with the check-in software. Uh-huh. Then you take about two steps to your right, look down the hallway where both adjusting rooms are located. You can see lights above the doors in the hallway. And if one or more of the lights are off, you simply go in that adjusting room, flip the switch on, and that light tells the next person if that room is in use. So if both rooms are used and you have a seat up front, when somebody walks out the front door, you can walk right on back. And that lets you know that there's somebody waiting for you. And Exactly. Very good way to do it. What would you say is the biggest challenge that you've faced in business so far? And what have you done to overcome it? I don't think this will be a surprise for you. And I've heard similar things from other people on your podcast as well so far, but it's just getting out and doing it. You know, mm. you, can, you can plan, you can prep, you can try to get everything just right, but it's never going to be a hundred percent perfect time. When I came back and decided to open my office, it was in 2009, of course, the height of the recession. If you ask anybody, it was the worst time to open a practice, but I didn't know any better. I didn't know what I didn't know. So I might as well get out there and get working, you know? 
And one of the things that I did right at the beginning was I decided to go door to door and simply meet people in the community. I wasn't soliciting them for care or anything like that. I had a a series of three questions that I asked them, and it was so that I could better develop an office that would work for them. It really amounted to, if you were to go to a chiropractor, what hours would you go? What days of the week would you go? And what do you really like about your chiropractor, assuming you've been to a chiropractor before? That was it. And the answers to those questions, I put it in an Excel document, ran a few different formulas on it, and figured out what made sense for the people in my community. And that's how I chose the days and the hours that the office is open. That's a great idea. That worked pretty well. And that uh, knocking on 5,000 doors gets out of your comfort zone pretty quick. <laughs> 5,000 doors? Yeah, that's right. Holy I, smokes. I traveled with a phone book in my car and a highlighter and a highlight streets as soon as I crossed them off and went until I got to 5,000 knocked out. So out of, uh, that's a story in itself. Out of 5,000 <laughs> doors, how many people answered the questions? Do you remember? Yep. I had about 20% that answered the questions. So I talked to about a thousand people or a thousand households. That's awesome. And what would you guesstimate in a be a tough way to track, but what would you guesstimate how many of those people became your customer? It wasn't many. It really wasn't. Looking back when I first did it or when I decided I was going to do it, I thought that it would be a really good driver of business to the office potentially. In retrospect, it wasn't a driver of business to the office, but it really got me out of my comfort zone and got me solid in what I was doing. And if you're going percentages, it was probably about 1%. It it was not a high percent that came into the office as a result of it. But like I said, it, it forced me to answer tough questions on the spot that I never had to answer before or never had to answer in person. So, And it gave you it some good. good market research. So Exactly. Yeah, which is invaluable. And when, you, when you're starting out, oftentimes you have more time than money and yep. that's the 5,000 doors. <laughs> there you go. So on, on the other hand, what would you say has been the best moment in your business's history so far? So I'd probably say three different things, actually. Of course, the first person coming in, you can't beat that. You know, you're always going to remember the first person that walks in your door. In addition to that, at about the five-year mark, I moved to a new office location that If it's not my final office location, it's got to be really close. I've got everything that I need. The location is great. The parking is great. The office setup is great. There's not a foot wasted in there, which was really tough for me to find for a long time. So that move to the new office was huge. And then, of course, more recently, hitting the 10-year mark in practice, simply because so many small businesses fail in the first five and in the first 10 years. So getting over that hurdle and continuing to grow each and every year that's, that's been a huge one as well. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So who would you consider a mentor and, and what would you say is the most important lesson that they've taught you? So partway through chiropractic school, when I decided that I wanted to open this style of office, I chose to make a trip across the country, just visiting offices that ran this way. Mm. I went through, I believe it was 10 states, 14 states, something like that. I stopped at a dozen offices. I met with 18 chiropractors and it was over 3000 miles of drive time is what it amounted to. And that solidified what I wanted to do, of course. And two of the chiropractors on that trip, one was Joe D'Onofrio. Another one was Mark Olstein. Both are in New Jersey is where they practice. Joe D has been practicing this way for, and now it's probably been 
60, almost 70 years. He's been doing smokes. Yeah. (laughs) And Mark has been doing this style for probably 30 years by now. And both of them were instrumental in how the office runs. There's of course, you know, tweaks that I made, like everybody's got tweaks they want to make, but the bones of it really came from those two individuals. And they solidified in me or instilled in me the, the belief that I could open an office at that point, that I didn't need to work anywhere else, that they felt I was ready. And at that point, I thought I was, but the backing from them really meant quite a bit. And it, it gave me the confidence to go out and, and start. Well, that's great. If you could kind of on the, the, the same, the beginning there, the, the start, if you could hop into a time machine and, and go back to when you launched your, your office, your business, what advice would you give your past self? So I would probably say to not be afraid to go bigger, set a, a small time frame. Since I had a different type of chiropractic office that was going to be opened up, I had to prove the concept first, mm-hmm. but I would have been, I would have attempted to move out of that space sooner than what I did. But at the end of the day, whatever I told myself, I probably wouldn't have listened anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you've got all the answers when you first open. And when you're open for a while, you realize that the less and less, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. So how long were you in that first office? Did you say five years? So it was a professional building. I started out in one room that was a 12 by 12 room. Uh-huh. And I was in there for 18 months. And okay. I moved to a different area of the building. And I was there for three and a half years. And that was two spaces, two side-by-side office. Mm-hmm. So that was the first five years total in that building. And then I moved to my current location six years ago now, but at the five-year mark in practice. That's great. So where can our listeners find out more about your business, find out online, website, that type of stuff? So of course you can go to the website, rulicairo.com, since it's a tricky name to spell, I'm sure you'll toss it in the show notes as well. Uh, yep, absolutely. <laughs> in addition, the Facebook page, it, I'm fairly active with that. That would be the office Facebook page. It'll for sure be in the show notes too, but it's just Ruli Family Chiropractic on Facebook. Or if you want, feel free to just shoot me a call at the office or even stop by if you're in the area. You know, if you're passing through or if you live in Sioux City, Sioux City, Iowa is where I practice at. Feel free to stop by and just have a cup of coffee and chat. I'd love to meet new people and would love to meet you too. That's great. Well, Rhett, I really appreciate you joining me on the show today and thanks so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Craig. One thing that struck me was Rhett did his homework before he opened his practice. He talked about traveling around to different areas of the country and talking to other chiropractors that were running a practice the way he was considering running his. By seeking out those mentors, it allowed him to avoid some pitfalls that he might otherwise have fell prey to. The other thing I liked is that he went out and knocked on 5,000 doors and talked to the people of his community to really understand their needs. That showed dedication to not only the community he was about to serve, but his practice. Both of those activities gave him a leg up on understanding what he was getting into as he opened his practice and I'm sure contributed to his early success. If you're a small business owner or looking to start a business, join the Small Business School Facebook group. It's a private community of people focused on helping each other grow their businesses. Join the community and let's help each other take our businesses to the next level. We'll see you there. If you'd like to learn more about our guest today or be a future guest on the Small Business School, 
go to craigsdaily.com slash podcast for more info. And of course, it would mean the world to me if you'd click subscribe or write a review for the Small Business School in your podcast app of choice. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.